Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are in the book of Deuteronomy. That's the fifth book in the Bible. So it's Old Testament. And we are at chapter 8. We're going to begin now with verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. So this is Moses addressing the congregation, letting them know that the different uh, orders, commandments he's given them over the last couple of chapters are what they're to observe once they make it into the so-called promised land, the area we call uh, Palestine, Israel, or, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that they called Canaan back then. Verse 2, And you shall remember the Lord that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not so um if the moses is saying the rationale behind making the people wander for 40 years in the wilderness is for testing to see where their loyalties lie to see what's in their heart um to, although that kind of contradicts what uh, the proverbs say about the lord being the one who knows hearts and and the entirety the intents of the heart and all of that i think it's proverbs but either way it's it's moses saying that was the purpose for them to wander 40 years in the wilderness <clears throat> to test them although the it's kind of not how it read when it happened it was more like a punishment when it happened it was already revealed what was in their heart unfaithfulness and they were sentenced to serve one year for every day of the unfaithfulness that they had ex exhibited so it's not really to test what was in their hearts that was already revealed but it's how moses is sort of rewriting the whole narrative of what's happened to them along the way verse 3 so he humbled you allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that the men that men shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the lord so that's a very popular verse man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god um this is one of the i think this is maybe the first place that it's um quoted uh in the bible but the place that's notable probably to christians in the bible is when jesus uses that same um um phrase for um response when um when the devil tempts him after his um or just before he begins his ministry officially he does the 40-day fasting in the wilderness and during those 40 days that was one of the replies that jesus used with um when the devil attempted to use scripture to tempt him into flexing his power and revealing himself in supernatural ways um but uh, moses is saying here that the point of the humbling the point of making them starve and suffer and deal with different things the different issues they dealt with over the 40 years was again so to, to test them and um help them know that the lord is who they're who's supposed to be <clears throat> excuse me their support system their rock um verse four their source of help our source of help verse four your garments did not wear out on you nor did your foot swell these 40 years so he's saying it had to be divine intervention to keep them from um from wearing out their clothes from wearing out and their bodies from wearing out as they walked around in the 
wilderness, much of it desert, I'm sure, because that's what it is in modern times. Um, and it didn't wear out over those 40 years, so it had to be some divine intervention to help sustain them. Verse 5, you shall know in your heart that as a man dis, as, that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. So Moses is comparing the um, chastening or punishments you might give your kids to the stuff that the Lord, and I'm just saying Lord because that's how it's written here, uh, whether we believe that's the Lord God Almighty or not. Um, but it, it's translated from the word Jehovah so far in this verse. Um, but how can he possibly compare, compare that to the way people chasten their kids? The Lord, or at least the entity they're calling Lord, and I'm just going to say Lord from here on out in this chapter. Um, when the Lord got mad with them, the Lord would zap them, like would burn them up with fire or have the ground open up and swallow them up. The worst parents, at least as far as discipline goes, without crossing the line of abuse, that parents do in modern times is, what, a timeout? A spanking, a grounding, something like that. Nothing compared to what um, the people were getting for things that seem a lot more minor than um, the things people get punished for in modern times. Um, for instance, you see the murder of George Floyd, where the person who was paid to enforce the law on video leaned on his neck and murdered him. And, and with the help of other officers, other officers who didn't cooperate in the prosecution of the first murder uh, convict, uh, the Derek Chauvin conviction, they didn't help in that prosecution. They weren't witnesses against the killer in his trial. And yet they were still offered plea deals. And now even today you see the news saying one of them who actually held down the murder victim's legs or extremities while he was being killed on video only got two and a half years uh, sentence in prison for what he did. Uh, he'll probably even still get his pension. It's 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 really sick. It's really outrageous, and it's really the only. It really only happens to black people. They don't do that. It seems to anyone else in this country, maybe even in the world, other than black people. Who else can you be on video, murdering, helping murder, and then only get two and a half years in prison when the murderer themselves, the main murderer gets 20 years so you get a tenth of what they get even though you helped in the murder even though you also were paid to enforce the law it, it's sick and then do you see the department of justice coming out against them to try and uh, go after enhanced charges or at least another conviction on a federal level even if they did it'd probably be the farce that the other murderer got they gave him 20 more years but they let they allowed it to be concurrent that's not an additional punishment. That's letting him get away with the federal charges by doing the state time. It, it's sick. Why wouldn't they make it concurrent so that after he does the 20 years of state time, then he can get on the 20 years of federal time to let people know that you're paid to enforce the law not to break it. And instead, no, not at all, gets that kind of leniency. And then the most recent one, like I said, only gets two and a half years in prison. It's really, really offensive and sick, especially for a country that says it's God-fearing and Christian nation. None of those things align with anything that the Bible says, Christ says, or uh, or even just common decency. It's just really, really clearly biased. And it's, it's sick. And it's sad. It's outrageous that neither party, Democrat or Republican, is saying very much about it, doing very much about it. 
the, just like with the January 6th things, it's taken a year and a half to even get to uh, charging all of the people. They only arrested a handful of the thousands of people who were there that day. And yet you're supposed to believe it's equal justice for everyone. It, it's not. It's not at all. Um, but it's like we see here, other things at work. Uh, verse 5, you should know in your heart that as a man, so that's the chastening part we just read. Uh, if people chasing the way the Lord did, people probably wouldn't do some of the same things um, that you see happening all the time, like these gun massacres. But let's keep moving. Verse 6, therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to fear him. So Moses is saying that's the number one command for the people to make sure they fear the Lord and keep the commandments. Verse 7, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. So Moses is uh, letting them know it's like a land flowing with milk and honey like um, that you're headed toward. So don't worry, you're headed toward a good and prosperous land. And we know that when the spies went and brought back the report uh, previous to this uh, chapter, that only two of them came back with that report. All of the rest of the spies gave a bad report that the land was a wicked land full of giants and danger. And um, yet again, that's when the people were punished for sending the spies and received the 40-year sentence. And then it seems like, maybe it's just me, it jumped from that moment um, when that happened in the narrative so suddenly they've reached the 40 years and they're right there at the doors of the promised land. So it seems to me that maybe there's a whole narrative that's been left out that didn't make it into the Bible, perhaps, um, or got replaced by some of the statutes and ordinances that we spent chapter and book, chapter after chapter, book after book reading that was added to or later added addendum to the Ten Commandments. It seems like that probably replaced whatever other narratives were included in those 40 years. Um, but whatever the case may be, it's what we have here. So it's what we're reading. Verse 8, land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive oil and honey. So he's saying there's lots of abundance in the promised land. Verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. So he's saying there's all kinds of treasures waiting, awaiting them if they go ahead into that promised land. Verse 10, when you've eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you. So Moses is saying, once you get fat full on all the abundance and prosperity that you're about to enjoy, once you colonize the promised land, he's saying, Excuse me, he's saying, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget, you you were just dealing with a whole lot of scarcity, want, and poverty, and need when you're going through the deserts or through the wilderness. So don't forget that. And I think the point of it being is you could easily be returned back to that. Just like people who go through our lives without anything, you know, the poor, then you strike it rich, or you say you get a lottery ticket, or you get a job, you marry someone, somehow you have a come up. Um, if you don't watch out, you end up back where you were before. That, that seems to me is sort of the underlying message of what Moses is saying. Don't forget where you came from. 
Verse 11, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. So that's, that again, it's, originally it was just those 10 that Moses was given, and then all these other statutes and judgments and ordinances arose after that. Um, and Jesus, like I said before, made it clear that some things weren't Moses writing at all, though they're attributed to Moses because they're a part of what's called the five books of Moses, the five books for five for first five books of the Bible. Um, but they weren't all Moses's words. Those aren't all Moses's writings. Those weren't all commandments from Moses. Some of those things, even according to Jesus, who was closer to the narrative than we are in time, um, who ought to know, um, and not to mention we, the divinity of Jesus knows that um, a lot of those things were human precepts, things that people cooked up, not at all from God. Verse 12, lest when you've eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. So Moses is saying, don't fall into the trap of making it to that promised land and then getting fat full on the abundances there and um, getting comfortable with the ability to prosper and come up with giant houses and all of that. He says, don't get distracted by the prize. Don't get distracted by the booty. And not the, you know, human anatomy booty, but the the treasure's booty, that kind of booty, like a pirate's booty, that kind of treasure and that kind of... Don't get distracted by the excess. Verse 13, and when your hearts, I'm sorry, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied. So he's saying once you strike it rich, once you make it over there to that promised land and enjoy the milk and honey, the abundance... <clears throat> excuse me verse 14 when your heart is lifted up and you forget the lord your your god who brought you out of the land of egypt from the house of bondage so he's saying don't get so prosperous so full of yourself that you forget where you came from don't forget you were you were under the bondage of slavery you were slaves you were enslaved your people were enslaved for four <clears throat> excuse me for uh, some part of 400 years and were rescued by great signs and wonders. So don't forget that. Although you see in modern times, people forget it very much and end up turning into uh, doing all they can to become the oppressing class, to uh, to look down on the others. You see it again and again. With um, it is if, if if you're talking about the congregation that's being addressed here, you see it in modern times. There's people who, and I'm sure it's probably nothing new who uh, will betray their own people, even of the children of Israel, uh, descendants of them, who will align themselves with people who say they won't replace them. You see it happen again and again. There was that rally with the previous president where they were marching around saying that Jews won't, will not replace them. And yet you see there's lots of personalities, Jewish personalities, who are out there. One who even wears his yarmulke and has lots of people following him who are a member of that team. He's cheering on a team who says that he won't replace them. And he doesn't see anything ridiculous about that. Nor do his followers. It's madness. And yet, and yet it's extremely popular. So go figure. Verse 15. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness. In which, you, in which were fiery serpents. And scorpions. And thirsty land. Where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? 
So that has to be kind of bittersweet for Moses to bring that up because that bringing the water out of the rock, at least one of those instances is what cost him his ticket into the promised land because he uh, made a misstep that seemed pretty minor when it happened. Almost seemed like he was baited into doing it by the same Lord that he's following um, and then condemned for it when the Lord told him to get his rod and then go approach the rock and speak to the rock and have water to come out of the rock. And I'm not sure if this is that same instance because I think it happened twice when water was provided for them, at least twice. But the last time that it happened, Moses did take up his staff and spoke to the rock, but he also made the mistake of using the staff that he was told to take up, which that's the part that seemed baity to me, but uh, it's how it happened. And when he did, water came out of the rock, but then he also got barred from the promised land, even after dealing with all of the drama of leading the people through the wilderness on this mission, that misstep was enough to get him barred from the promised land. Verse 16, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do good in the end. So that manna is the what's called bread from heaven. In the narrative, it would appear overnight, like dew on the grass and people would gather it and use it to cook with it and that was the food that the people had to eat during those 40 years when they were uh, in the wilderness but the thing to not read over is that that's what the people had to eat the elites the religious order that's guiding them around um the ones who are creating the laws for them um beyond the ten commandments for them they weren't limited to eating manna. They had all kinds of meat and all kinds of things that the people were forced under the religion to bring to them. So the people, could you imagine what that would be like for the people? Wandering through the wilderness hungry and sometimes even thirsty and then being the, not having anything to eat, having cattle on hand and livestock that they could slaughter and eat, but not being allowed to do that, but still being told to give that to the ruling class, give that to, in modern terms, the 1% give it to them so that they can have abundance but in the meantime you get to eat that manna and we know how that went over at first the people were glad about the manna because they were starving and hungry but by the end toward the 40 year, the end of the 40 years the people were about sick of it and even said as much that they loathed it and they've had it with the manna um part of that had to probably be because they noticed while they're eating manna bread day and night that's what they have to eat and the elites have barbecue so you can imagine that would not be easy to swallow for the crowd it'd be tough to stay faithful to that I would think but uh, and the people did find it hard to stay faithful to that understandably so verse 17 then you say in your heart my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth so <laughs> Moses is warning the people that don't get so comfortable with the new position they find themselves in that they mistakenly believe that it's their own nobility that got them there. When in, in actuality, it was divine means that delivered them from enslavement and divine means that sustained them for the 40 years through, through the wilderness and it's divine means that are taking them to the promised land and getting them there now. So he, he's admonishing them, don't forget that. It's not your own abilities or your own uh, goodness that got you there it was uh interventions supernatural interventions that sustained you all this time verse 18 and you should remember the lord your god 
for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So Moses is saying, don't think you did it yourself. Instead, remember you were once slaves, and it was the Lord who delivered you from that enslavement. Verse 19, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, and follow other gods, and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. So Moses is warning the people that if they forget the Lord, it's going to be nothing but trouble for them, and that it's going to, um, it'll be waiting for them if they decide to follow other idols, some other religion, other than the religion that's delivered them to thus far. Verse 20, as the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. So that statement is partially true. Um, the Lord is destroying some of the ones before them, but then some of the others, they're being ordered to go in, massacre, and kill, and um, occupy their land, colonize their land. So that statement is kind of true. It's partially true, like I said. Um, but the people are being warned to make sure they don't forget that they were enslaved and it was a helping hand that brought them this far. And don't forget it because very easily that same hand could turn on them and have them in want again. All because of disobedience. And to me, that points to what happens in the, re in the coming chat books of the Bible of the experience of the people how they did fall into unfaithfulness they did fall into idolatry they did fall away from faithfulness to uh, the one religion that they've been um, following this far and it ended up being trouble they ended up losing the lands that they were promised they ended up being exiled from the areas they had went in and conquered and they be they, they ended up being conquered themselves and carried away captive to other lands by other nations that ended up invading them and conquering them um so it seems moses warned them that those sort of things would happen for their unfaithfulness to sort of help prevent them from being unfaithful and yet you know in human nature they still ended up being quite unfaithful and losing missing out on or squandering the different promises that were given them uh in these chapters and books of the bible leading up to this point um, but this point is the actually end of this chapter, so that's where we're going to end this reading. As always, God bless you for joining me. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll join me again. You probably noticed I'm trying to do them more daily now, these readings, specifically the Old Testament ones, because there's so many more of them. There's ten times more of them than what it is that Jesus has to say in the Bible. So we're still saving the tithe of what Jesus has to say, those red letters for our Saturday readings. But I'm trying to knock out some of these other books in the meantime with other daily readings thank you again stay safe god bless you i'll see you next time i love you peace be with you